your body is just trying to protect yourself. So it's very interesting how we learn how to cope. So welcome to this episode of Finding Your Range podcast with me, Jeannie Debon. This is the podcast which looks into hypermobility, EDS and chronic pain. And I'm delighted to be joined again by a familiar face. You might recognize her from our season one podcasts. We're joined by Kia, Kia Steele. So welcome, Kia. Really great to have you back. Thanks for having me again. I really enjoyed our conversation last time, and I'm sure this will be wonderful as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I know your last podcast. So if you haven't um, watched Kia's first podcast with us last year, um, please head over and have a look at that because it's going to be quite an interesting one this time. I think you're going to have... um, a different perspective and I'm really excited to find out more about it but look, before we get started let me just tell you a little bit about what's going on in Kia's life at the moment. So after a lifetime of symptoms Kia Steele was diagnosed with Marcel activation syndrome in 2015. Soon after in an effort to cope with the disease Kia created Hells, Bells and Marcells, a blog and collection of memes raising awareness about chronic illness and disability through humour. This past spring, thanks to a new medication, Kia's um, MCAS symptoms or Marcell symptoms went into remission. Her daily dysautonomia and EDS symptoms also disappeared. Kia lives in Minneapolis, Minnesota with her two poodles, Kyote and Sancho. And if you've seen um, Kia's um, Instagram page, which is called Hells, Bells and Marcells, you'll see her lovely dogs um, featured on there all the time and they're adorable. So, um, so there we go. Welcome, Kia. Thank you. So, um, so we mentioned in your bio, um, obviously, that things have changed quite a bit for you this year, which is really exciting. Um, But before we get into that and what's going on, some of our listeners might be new to this and they might not know what Marcel activation syndrome is. So could you give us a a little resume of that and how it might be impacting somebody's life? Definitely. I think I'm getting better at this. I think (laughs) describing Marcel activation syndrome, it's so complex. So it's it's hard to do an elevator speech. But basically, everyone... Everyone has mast cells. Mast cells are part of your immune system and they're the first line of defense. So if you have an injury or an infection, your mast cells are gonna go and you know try to protect your body. Mast cell activation syndrome occurs when your mast cells, these white blood cells become overactive and they no longer can distinguish between true danger like an infection or something that's not harmful, like the sun or um, types of foods. And they just start releasing chemicals all over your body all the time in excessive amounts. And Mm -hmm. so mast cells release more than 200 chemicals that can cause inflammation and all sorts of problems throughout the body. They can cause symptoms like fatigue, anxiety, joint pain, nausea, bloating, swelling, migraine yeah I'm not gonna but it can just about any yeah 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 so you know because they're causing inflammation throughout your body so it it can affect any organ and I have 
I had a severe case of mast cell activation syndrome, but the MCAS can range a whole spectrum. So, you know, someone might just have more fatigue more than, more than usual or have migraines once in a while, um, GI symptoms, mm-hmm. uh, anxiety or sleep issues can be common. It's really a whole spectrum. Yeah. Um, and we don't know why mast cell activation occurs. We don't know the genetic reason, you know, if why people are more predisposed to having overactive mast cells. But we do know that there are things in our environment that can make them more overactive. And those mm-hmm. things are like infections, chemicals, toxins, physical trauma, and psychological stress. So for me, I was born with strep, which is an infection, and it's really hard on an infant's immune system. So most likely that was one of the triggers that made my mast cells overactive. And later on in my life, for example, I ran for political office, and that is a huge psychological stressor. Wow. I do not recommend it if you have mast cell disease, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe at all. I don't know. Um, but... And, and that I notice a severe worsening of my symptoms and my mast cells. Yes. Um, and then, and then there are common triggers. Everyone is different with mast cell disease and everyone benefits from different treatments. Um, mast cells are very individual. So some of my personal triggers were like high histamine foods, the sun, heat, Uh, fragrances were huge. So I lived a very isolated life. And I only had like 15 foods that I could safely eat when I exercised, it would make me sick. But you know, it's good to keep moving for other reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a very restricted life to minimize my mast cells from releasing chemicals throughout my body. Amazing. Gosh, and I'm, I'm hearing that we're putting all of that in the past tense now, which is, yes. which is really <laughs> exciting. Um, so if somebody's listened to what you've just said and is like, wow, that sounds like me, what, what should they do about it? Who can they see? Yeah, and it's also very common to have mast cell activation syndrome if you have dysautonomia or POTS or Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and hypermobility. Uh, so in an ideal world, you would go to a mast cell disease specialist and you would have urine and blood tests to measure those chemicals that mast cells are releasing in your body. However, those tests are not reliable at this time. So I had five positive tests, but at that point, my body was drowning in those chemicals. So it's much harder to capture those results in someone that is not experiencing symptoms all the time or, you know, has a less amount of chemicals because, you know, like heat degrades those chemicals very quickly. Mm-hmm. That being said, tracking your symptoms and sharing them with your doctor and then also trying, working with your doctor to try some of the first lines of treatment for mast cell activation syndrome. So those are like your antihistamines and there are other first lines of treatment that are over the counter or supplements such as like vitamin D that stabilize mast cells um, that are good options for working with your doctor. And then at home, start experimenting with food, learn what low histamine food is, start, you know, 
tracking what triggers like our certain activities, our fragrance, if fragrances are making you sick, cut those out of your life (laughs) and advocate for people around you to wear fragrance free products Mm. that will really help your mast cells from getting escalating and getting more defensive and dumping those chemicals in your body. Any measures you can take to kind of make the mast cells happy is definitely worth it. Yeah, yeah. Fragrances are an absolute nightmare, I think. If I'm just walking down the street behind someone who's wearing a potent aftershave or perfume, I have to get out the way because I can immediately my you know like you say they go on red alert and I can feel a headache almost instantly and I'm like whoa it's it's terrible but you can't tell strangers obviously or if you're on a bus or a tube you can't tell strangers to please don't wear the perfume you know it's really difficult really difficult Um, yeah I developed some weird coping mechanisms where so one day someone noticed that I only walk in a hallway I walk along the wall because that's where there's the least trail of mm. perfume that's usually in the center of the hallway. So I mm. like all that's like your body is just trying to protect yourself. So it's very interesting how we learn how to cope like on yes. a bus where you sit. And if you wear a mask that can mm. help kind of yes. get some of that fragrance. There's definitely um, yeah. some small ways to avoid um, yeah. and defend your body. Yeah. And at least wearing masks now, you can um, not look weird because in theory, everyone should be wearing a mask. But anyway, (laughs) when you're on a bus. Yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. So that's that's a a positive of having to wear a mask. It can help with that. Um, Now, it was Mast Cell Activation Awareness Day um, last week. What date is it? October 20th. October 20th. So, yes. And you created this really cute little video um, and you got together a group of people um, just basically talking about Marcel. It was a very positive um, video. So what hope is there for people who are living with this condition? Yeah, it's it's changed a lot since I got diagnosed in 2015. When I was diagnosed in 2015, they're like, you might have this mast cell thing. Uh, My gastroenterologist told me and he sent me to hematology and I was waiting for my appointment and nervous and I didn't know what mean. And and I looked online and mast cell activation syndrome was not on Google. So there was mastocytosis, which is a different kind of mast cell disease and mast cell leukemia. So I didn't know if I had weeks to live or like I had no idea what a mast cell was. That has changed. Yeah, There was no Mast Cell Disease Awareness Day. And the first Mast Cell Disease Awareness Day was in 2018. And at that time, people were still referring to MCAS as rare. And a lot of doctors were still not believing, dismissing patients' diagnoses because it is not taught, at that time, it was not taught in medical school. Um, And there wasn't consensus on what mast cell activation syndrome looked like. There, there still isn't, but we know now mast cell activation syndrome is probably more prevalent than we thought. Um, again, because we don't have access to reliable testing, it's we can't measure it at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there is a small but strong community of mast cell disease doctors and patients and advocates and caregivers. 
And the point of this video was to show that as an MCAS patient, you are not alone. There are people that are now working together and recognize that this is a growing problem and we need access to testing and treatments and more awareness about fragrance-free accessibility. Um, but there are people who are working really hard and really do understand that yeah. it's complex and it's challenging. And I, you know, I had nights alone in 2016 where I just felt like, okay, I know there's one specialist out there working for me. And that was all I held onto at that time. Like I just wanted to give up because my body was in so much pain and I was so exhausted. And I know that sometimes just looking at those people who are doing the work is enough to just hang on to the next moment when your body settles down. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Thank you. And you're one of those people, Jeannie. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So thank you. <laughs> oh no. Well, thank you for inviting me to be on the video. You know, it's a pleasure. Um, you know, I've, I'm, as you know, and our, some of our listeners will know, I also have this condition, um, which I only found out about, where are we, three years ago, maybe now, due to, so mine accumulated in my bladder and a whole long issues of horrible bladder issues, which I won't go into now, but um, that's how I got diagnosed. And, and then all the other things make sense, why I don't like certain foods and why I can't tolerate fragrances and why I come out in a rash when I go in the sun and all these things that you just thought okay what's that all about um but yeah they all come under this umbrella so yes I'm very happy to do my bit um because it is possible to obviously like you say manage it and live with it and there are things you can do and for me stress is a big big trigger so when I'm stressed they all get very excited and things start you know, kicking off again. So I have to manage my stress. And of course, movement is a great way for me to de-stress. So um, yeah. All right. So as we talked about, we've hinted about, you've gone into remission, which is, you know, I, I watch your account in awe and I'm like, oh, I want, I want that to be me. And I'm sure other people are thinking they want to, that's, you know, so how did this happen? And what happened? It's a wild story, but uh, that's what Hell's Bells and Mass Cells is all about. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, I went to the AKC National Agility Championship in Tulsa in March, and I thought that was like the peak of my year. I got to compete as a disabled athlete with my dog, and we, we did okay, but we ended up on ESPN, and they, which is like a sports channel, and um, I felt like oh, a true cool. athlete and oh. I, and that, you know, all my friends and family got to watch me on TV and I got to share my story as a disabled athlete. And, and it wasn't so much about like winning the ribbons, but showing up and enjoying the experience. So I was like, this is the highlight I'm done. Like, <laughs> and I, I went home and a week later, I my ankle was itching and I looked down and there was a big fat engorged tick on my ankle. And I oh. honestly thought, oh no, it's all over. Because I know what tick infections can do from, yes. uh, you know, tick infections can increase mast cell activation, just like other infections. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, I, 
I'm done. My, my mast cells can't handle this. And, uh, I got on an antibiotic within 24 hours, within 24 hours, I had lesions all over my body and my Achilles tendons were so inflamed. I could no longer walk. I went to put like a bed sheet on my ankle and the weight of the bed sheet made me scream and cry. And I've been through a lot. So I have a high pain tolerance and I could not handle a bed sheet. So I, I have a true understanding of how tick infections can affect your connective tissue. It was like, Mm -hmm. it went straight for that tendon and I couldn't walk for like a week and a half. Um, but I, I started a doxycycline and antibiotic that treats tick infections. I had the tick sent to tick autopsy land and <laughs> um, all of the bacteria that we can test for, it did it tested negative for. So it was a lone star tick. Um, and it's unclear what it was, what infection I had. Um, but the infection did start going away about a week and a half later. And I just noticed sometimes with mast cell activation syndrome, when your mast cells have a job to do, when they're fighting an infection or, you know, helping with an injury, I feel in my experience that they are busy and I have more of a capacity to do of the, some of the things that I couldn't before, like be around people with a little bit of fragrance or eat mm foods that are triggering such as like tomatoes. And for some reason I started craving, I started craving tamales and I started eating like tamales every day. So that's like jalapenos, cheese, corn, (laughs) you know, like all not, but I just kept eating them and I felt so miserable otherwise and so much pain. I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) I finally was able to, this is a wild story. We're not even at the wild part, you know? (laughs) So, uh, I finally felt good enough to walk. So I went to get my hair cut and, and she's the lady's cutting my hair. And so in the past haircuts have been terrifically painful for me and cost take like two days to recover because there are so many scents in the Mm. salon and I physically have to get there. I have to sit there and that it's just, it makes me sick every time. And she's cutting my hair and I'm like, I feel, I feel pretty good. And she's like, well, I was like, I'm not reacting to any fragrances. And she's like, well, how about I style your hair? Now I haven't had my hair styled for six years. I had to wash my hair at home because I couldn't use their products, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay. So she styles my hair and I'm like, it smells like orange dream sickles. And in my experience, my mast cells make things, make chemicals smell like chemicals. And mm. I can't smell the pretty fragrances when I'm activated. Like perfume smells like death and toxic <laughs> disaster to me, not like gardens and meadows. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so I'm like, this smells pretty good. I was like, I think I might, I think I might be in remission. Like I'm eating all this stuff. This is where the story gets a little weird. And she says, why don't you go have a drink? (laughs) And I was like, okay, that sounds like terrible advice normally, but alcohol is a very high histamine substance. And I was like, this is the way to test it. This is the way to figure it out. So I went to the liquor store. I picked up a bottle of rosé. I went home. I had a glass of rosé and I was like, 
oh, it's on. Like there were no rashes. There was nothing, no swelling, no vomiting. I just got a little buzzed and I called my mom and I said, we need to go to the bar right now. I think I'm in remission. She's like, I have canoe lessons tonight. I was like, I think I'm in remission. We are going to the bar. So she picks me up. I ordered like everything. I ordered cheesecake, buffalo wild wings, bruschetta, tequila, like just a whole smorgasbord of food. And I just started like mowing down. It's a terrible combination, but I just like wanted to see if I reacted and she brought like friends and we hung out and we were chatting and drinking and it just kept escalating from there. But like, wow. it was just amazing that, um, so it was the doxycycline, which, um, a, a small subset of mast cell activation syndrome patients anecdotally do a lot better on doxycycline. But hmm. for me, it was like a switch and I don't know why it was so dramatic because again, I didn't even get to celebrate Christmas with my family because I was so reactive. I couldn't have my mom and dad over to my condo even when I really wanted to. Um, yeah. And my birthday was like three days later. And so after realizing I was in remission, so I was like, all right, so I want, two cakes and I want 35 candles on them because now I can blow out candles for the first time <laughs> and I'm not allergic to flowers. So please like give me all the flowers and I want people over like they wore masks and it was a small party, but I hadn't had that in six years wow. and it was incredible and it was just so much fun. And then you know, the next day I left for Florida because I just kept ramping it up. So that's amazing. That's just amazing. We can see how happy you are as well. The sheer joy on your face when you're talking about it. It's incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Incredible. Yeah. It, and how and long has this Sorry. This is on. my seventh. No, this is my seventh month. And I'm just going to get more Seven. excited. I have like, I have excessive energy now and um i, I just want to say that like so doxycycline probably won't work for other people and i get contacted all the time and people say well what medications are you on yeah and the doxycycline would not have worked if i had not done the work of trying the first lines of treatments and the second lines of treatment so i'm still on like a basic mix of first line treatments yeah. The doxycycline alone, I take, I, I take doxycycline every day now to inhibit my mast cell reactions, but I also take the first lines of treatment that work for me. Yeah. And unfortunately, if I tell you exactly what I am taking, it will not only not be helpful, but it'll probably waste your time because yeah. you need to go through the steps of trying not just so there are different ty types of H1 blockers and you got to yeah. figure out which type works for you. So they're yeah. not, not just different medications, but there are different types of medications within those classes. Um, it's a lot of work and yeah. I understand it's super frustrating. It took me five years to get here 
And it's very hard when you feel like you, you feel like you're dying. You're having life threatening reactions. I almost lost my job. I almost lost my house, but there is hope. And hopefully we will learn more so mm -hmm. that this trial and error process can be yeah. shorter and yeah. that we know more about medications. I, I talk about doxycycline because I do want people to know it is an option when you don't have options anymore. So my yeah. stomach was bleeding. I, that's, that's very serious. That can be life threatening. And when I started doxycycline, my stomach healed. A lot of people ask me about like worrying about my gut. I'm not, I was worried about my gut last year, <laughs> not now with the antibiotic because not only could I not eat foods, but like I had severe anemia and I had all these issues that because my mast cells were inflaming my body so much that I couldn't get nutrients and it was actually destroying my organs. Oh, not everyone goodness. is at that level, you know, wow. but, but it's good to know that there is still hope and that as you know, if symptoms get worse, keep trying keep putting in that work because it it most likely will pay off in the long yeah. run yeah absolutely gosh and I, i'm sure you know your case will be an interesting study for for your medical doctors to kind of figure out what's going on and how to help other people so it's really important and of course everyone should always check with their doctors and things about this obviously we're not giving medical advice here this is just kia's experience but um you know, we're not qualified to give medical advice. So do check with your doctors. Um, but yeah, huge, tell, huge, isn't it? I tell people, I just write poop jokes. So I don't think you want to take <laughs> medical advice from me. But, you know, showing my experience that like, I yes. think the, the important takeaways are, hopefully we can talk about how it's affected my EDS and dysautonomia yeah. symptoms. Yes, please. That's yes. an important takeaway. And yeah. then also just the effect that pain can have on your energy and your personality. Oh, yes. Because yeah. clearly, clearly I am a happy, active person, but I had a terrible health condition. And when you remove that inflammation, yeah. like you're, maybe you're unstoppable, you know, don't, don't assume that that's your personality or I wish I had been more gentle on myself. And I was a strong advocate for myself, but I wish I had been even more gentle and known how profoundly pain can impact your life. Yeah, absolutely. That's really important. Um, you know, pain, it, you know, we hear it all the time. It takes so much away from people. And, um, you know, I think, you know, you before, say in your previous um, you did a pretty good job though you know you uh, <laughs> but um yeah you can see the change in you and when it, when I see you on Instagram and you know the color in your cheeks and you're glowing you know you're just like wow so so tell us how um the dysautonomia has changed then since since the remission yeah so um 
as I realized I was going into remission those first few weeks, I started having issues with intracranial pressure. And I realized my dysautonomia medication, fludrocortisone, which increases your blood volume, was making me sick. And when I ate the normal amount of salt that I usually ate for dysautonomia, um, it was making me sick. So I had to stop those treatments. And I realized that I was no longer feeling dizzy. I was no longer having numb legs. Temperature was no longer an issue for me. For example, I had been allergic to the sun for years. I, you know, if I was out for 15 seconds, I could feel sick the rest of the day. And now I was like laying by the pool, <laughs> like just wild. Um, and so I took up things like <laughs> the first thing I did was I, went on a paddleboard in a lake and then I stood on one leg just to like <laughs> just to push it you know um I did eventually fall in the lake because <laughs> my balance my practice was not that great and um but it was incredible that um I eventually went in uh, July I went to California and I signed up for surfing lessons yes. and I surfed and I got up I got up every time I got up my first time and that's what's incredible is that it really was like a switch for me mm. and I do you know credit that I ran in agility with my dogs while I was sick so that yeah. when remission happened I was not atrophied I certainly yeah. wasn't like incredibly strong but all of a sudden I was playing pickleball I started running, I, I could, you know, I could start anything. Yeah. And so the wildest part, I think, is that I stopped having subluxations completely. And I stopped having what I consider EDS injuries. So like pulled tendons, you know, joint pain. And I started playing like all the sports. I, at first, so, so what I, I went into remission and I signed up for your program, the zebra club. That was the first thing I did because I thought, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's, it's love it. Absolutely love it. Oh, and the reason I did that was because all of a sudden I had all this energy and all this like ambition and motivation. And I was worried, oh, I'm going to get out there and I'm just going to wreck my joints because I'm not going to know what to do and it's connective tissue. So it must not, it can't change overnight. Like there's no way. Yeah, and it was very yeah. helpful. Yeah. That's was my thinking. So I was like, yeah. I'm going to learn all these things. I'm going to start with the basic exercises. Um, and it was very helpful. I, I like remember your first class and learning about standing without locking your knees. And I was like, Oh my this, like, I, I, or like, just like learning how to lift your leg without like hooking the joint. Yeah. It's like, oh boy, I have some real issues that I was so sick with mast cell activation syndrome that I couldn't really dig into that, cool. learn that I didn't have yes. the capacity. And I think that's a real struggle because these conditions, dysautonomia, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, and mast cell activation syndrome require an incredible amount of learning. And I focused on mast cell activation syndrome because it was life threatening to me and I needed to like get those chemicals mm -hmm. under control. 
Yeah. But I still am learning about joint instability and how to not hyperextend my joints. But I ended up doing all these sports and I didn't have any injuries. And so I, I, I discovered that my mast cell activation inflammation was contributing to my subluxations. I used to go for walks and twice a week, my hip would sublux. And now I take bar classes like three times a week with instructors who are knowledgeable about hypermobility and say like, stop, you know, putting your hip way out there. Like, <laughs> like they are very good about calling me out when I am hyperextending and shouldn't be. Yes, yes. And tucking that pelvis and yeah. all that. Um, I think it's been very helpful to work with um, people who can call me out because yes. I am not aware of my body still. And I still need to learn sure. that everyone needs to learn that. Um, but, but that inflammation was really the driving force for me. Um, and, you know, I was like flopping around on a surfboard or I hiked Mount Rainier that's, that's higher altitude. And I didn't have any symptoms of dysautonomia. So, you know, really digging into if you suspect mast cell activation syndrome, learn about it, look for mm -hmm. a specialist. Yeah. Um, because it, even if you don't have huge symptoms, that inflammation may be contributing yeah. to your other conditions. Yes. Yeah. Inflammation is, you know, is the key to everything, I think. Um, yeah. You know, so, gosh, that's so fascinating that it could have been contributing to the subluxations as well. Amazing. And I remember right before I went to AKC Nationals in Tulsa, um, my subluxations were getting worse. Like I had a joint in my foot pop up into my foot and I was like grounded and I was, it was, I was having more and more often. And I was yeah. like, I, I know yeah. where this road is headed and it's scary. Yeah. Um, and I have not had one since remission and I've done all sorts of stupid things. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I just bought I just got figure skates. So I was a figure I skater know, as a I child. Yeah, I was a figure skater as a child. And I had all these injuries all the time. And no one knew what they were. And um, unfortunately, I was questioned that I was faking it. Um, and it was a it was a very hard experience for me because I loved the sport. It was very calming for my nervous system to like glide around the ice. Um, but now I'm trying it again, because I have the treatments to help keep the inflammation down but also the support like i there's so many more resources out there now yeah and yeah. um there's physical therapy and people my new coach that i meet on friday knows about hypermobility so it's very exciting that is awesome how great is that oh i look forward to hearing how you get on with your figure skating that's honestly yeah. <laughs> It's just like one of those miracle stories, isn't it? It's just like, I'm just blown away by it. Um, so you kind of hinted, you know, obviously everyone is very individual. It's, you know, we don't know if this is something that's going to happen to to everyone. You know, like you say, you've got to put those steps in place first, haven't you? Um, do you know Absolutely. anyone? In, your, in all of your sort of research and everything, do you know of anyone else? Have you come across anyone else who's had a similar experience? 
So before I went into remission, I was aware of one other person who um, was put on a chemotherapy that put their mast cell activation syndrome into remission. Um, You know, I didn't have access to biologics or chemotherapy, and I was kind of scared of them. So I didn't push for that. Um, And then as I went into remission, I started hearing from people. And that is very interesting Um, I learned a lot about mast cell activation syndrome on support groups on Facebook, and they were like invaluable, helping me in the ER, making sure, you know, Mm -hmm. just like, oh, did you think about this? Again, not medical advice, Mm -hmm. but did you think about this? Advocate for yourself, you know, a lot of great support. Um, But in those groups are severely sick people. And so, you know, they're self-selecting that they need help. And so you don't hear the success stories. Yes. You don't hear the, the, you know, the p- people that have very mild symptoms that, you know, they don't even talk about them. Yes. And they use the first lines of treatment, and they don't have symptoms anymore. Yes. Even that technically is remission too. Yeah. Um, it's just not as dramatic as my story. And I have heard from other people that have tried, you know, Zolaire is a biologic that a lot of people have success with. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different medications out there. Um, yeah. yeah. And you just have to keep trying. And I truly believe that it will become more and more common. And the reason I share my story is not to brag, although my Instagram feed is pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> but it's to show, it's to show doctors This is what can happen when you treat mast cell activation syndrome. This is why we need research and better treatments because it's life changing. You get these chemicals under control and you can just, you know, unlock quality of life for people. And so I'm hoping that in some way I will help build the momentum towards mast cell research and access to better testing and treatment absolutely i I would hope so as well with everything you've done and your story is amazing so gosh and you know are you in the back of your mind a little bit worried that it might end you know the remission might end i know it's a horrible question but (laughs) we don't want it to end of course but you know is there a little thought there I don't know if something's wrong with me, but no, <laughs> um, I, because I don't sit at home and I think about like, oh, could I be in a car accident? It's, it's the same thing. Anything can happen to me, especially I'm doing all these like weird sports. I'm more likely to like break my leg doing figure oh, skating, but oh. I don't worry about that either because yeah. when you do that, it takes away your joy. Yes. And the best part of this experience is like, I have been walking through the world for seven months, like bursting with joy. And I make my friends and family uncomfortable sometimes. Like we were making s'mores and I was so excited because I hadn't been around fire with all the smoke and marshmallows. I don't even know what's in them, like (laughs) chocolate, all this stuff. And I was so excited and you can see me just like, it's coming out of every area of my body, this joy. And it makes people uncomfortable at first because adults have been trained to contain these emotions. Yeah. 
And then they realize like, I'm just having the best time of my life and it's contagious and they get on board. I've had, you know, people film me for Instagram. I'm not alone. Obviously (laughs) people are taking pictures of me. And at first I was like, oh, they're going to think this is a chore or this is annoying. And then people started coming and like, oh, you want me to film a reel or like a TikTok? Because they want to experience it through my eyes. I feel like a child. Like not only did I not get to experience so much, but I was in so much pain for so long Mm -hmm. that everything feels brand new. And I'm just like overwhelmed with emotion and gratitude And I am not going to like tamper that down for anyone. Like I was in too much pain for too long. I was on those hospital beds thinking I was going to die. Like this is what life is about. And Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, hopefully creating joy, not only for myself, but other people and affecting not only people with mast cell activation syndrome, but people all around me showing, you know, what happens when chronic illness is treated and, uh, Mm. you know, that we all just want to enjoy life. Oh, that was so beautifully put. And you're spot on, you know, why shouldn't we have joy and gratitude every day in our lives? Absolutely. Yeah. You're like, you're like your little dogs and like my little (laughs) doggy. Everything's like exciting and new and yeah. Except I had, we had some issues the first month of remission because I wore my dogs out so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Like there was one day they were just like laying on their backs in the grass when we were trying to go for a walk. And I realized I had to exercise without my toy poodles (laughs) because like they used to, they used to push me and now I pushed them a little bit. So it was funny. (laughs) I, I had it like, okay, well you got to go to like, bar class or something to get out your energy because your toy poodle can't keep up anymore so oh it's fantastic so it's just you know you think all this energy was there wasn't it but it was just not allowed absolutely to come out. I mean that's so absolutely. encouraging because fatigue is such a big deal for most of our community you know it's it stops so many things and to think that it's there but it's just kind of being pushed down all the time by these reactions it's it's amazing. And another thing I, I think that's really important is I had a lot of issues with relationships because I was not supported in the way that I needed to be supported. Yeah. And what's really interesting is when I went into remission, all of a sudden, I was just happy to be around people. It didn't matter who they were. And all of those issues disappeared. And I don't, I think not only did I change, I didn't have that pain anymore. And so little things didn't bother me. Like mm-hmm. I could have held on to those grudges, but it like wasn't even worth it. Like I was so happy. I didn't care anymore. And yeah. I think that my friends and family that were kind of on the edge of being supportive, they saw like, oh, wow, she, she was in so much pain. Like they didn't realize until I went in remission the level of pain I was in and that just like even my face, like the glowing, the, the mm. smiling, the literally bouncing around, um, it changed them. Yes. And now like 
my friend was laughing because I was like, oh, I'm hanging out with my mom tonight again. Like <laughs> four days a week, I hang out. <laughs> I hang out with all sorts of people. I thought I was an introvert. I am not an introvert. <laughs> I am most definitely an extrovert. And I can just enjoy, you know, people are different. They, they don't always understand. And sometimes they're challenging, but I can just embrace the positive aspects and like move on when it isn't working for me. And, um, you know, I have, I have had conversations about like, well, back then I really needed you. I, I, I needed, I wasn't making this up. And so Mm -hmm. we have had conversations, but mostly I just kind of love everyone in my life. And, you know, we have a good time. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. You know, and, you know, carrying grudges and things around, you know, that's going to increase our stress anyway, isn't it? You know, in a sense, absolutely. we're just harming ourselves anyway. So let's just get rid of it. Like you say, yes. What's the point when you've got, when you've got so much, you know, it's just not important anymore. Is it? So, yep. It's like, do you want to go play pickleball? No. Okay. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. As I say, it's, it's an extraordinary story. Um, now, just moving away from sort of the remission side, um, I know you've been working on a project with um, Dr. Linda Bluestein, who people will know because she was our guest in the previous episode. So if you, you might have already met Linda um, Bluestein, who, who shared a lot with us yes, on our previous podcast. So what have you, the two of you been up to? You've been doing a little something together. What have you been up to? Yeah, so I think a lot of people feared that I'd go into remission and then I'd just like stop doing Hell's Bells and Mass Cells. And the ap- absolute opposite has happened. Um, <laughs> I have all this energy and I'm so excited to help other patients and to take what I've learned and to help make resources. So I partnered with Dr. Bluestein to create a course called Maximizing Your Appointments for Complex Disease. Mm-hmm. And so I, I um, work in government relations. I have been professionally trained in advocacy. That being said, I still struggled with how to advocate for myself in doctor's appointments. And I don't, you know, doctors are trained to be doctors, but patients are not trained how to be patients. And I want to help provide resources of how to prepare for your appointments, how to connect with your doctors, and how to advocate for your body. And there's a lot of that I've learned in partnering with other healthcare professionals about the constraints and pressures that they're under that no one teaches Uh, patients. For example, a lot of the doctors for complex disease move to private practice in the U.S. um, Mm -hmm. and so they they don't take health insurance and that's because like the reimbursement rates aren't good and they have all these financial pressures but I hear all the time patients saying well the doctors are greedy. Well they're not making a ton of money. (laughs) They're just they're trying to figure things out and so how do we work together as patients and doctors So that we can, you know, get healthier and create more resources. So I'm so excited working with Dr. Bluestein. I've learned a lot from her and I've 
made her video it for me and put it down and, you know, make PDF resources so that, um, so that, you know, there, there are ways that there are tools that you can bring to your appointments and you don't have to feel like you're navigating it alone. Yes. Wow. That's going to be so valuable. I think that's going to be a very popular course. Amazing. I look forward to seeing that. Very good. Very good. Um, so when can we, when do you think that will be ready? When can people sort of find out? So it that? should be launched. It should be launching in late November. Um, it'll okay. be on hellsbellsandmastcells.com and on my social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, Dr. Bluestein as, as well. Plus we have some amazing social media content coming out. Um, I love that I have, you know, I'm a humor blogger, so this course will not be boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> if it's, I'm not going to sit through, I'm not going to make a boring course myself. So no. um, oh, it'll have no, a little sure. edge to it. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but, but Dr. Bluestein has been so amazing. She like, um, did some fun dances with me and some skits for uh, Instagram reels. So I'm excited to share that with everyone. And just I think it's so important to know we are a community and we're working to make these experiences better. We can't yeah. solve mast cell activation syndrome overnight. It takes yeah. a long time to, to make progress, yes. but we're, we're in it together and you don't have to feel like you are just by yourself. Yeah, very important, really important because there's nothing worse than feeling on your own and nobody understands. And so that's gonna be so valuable. So thank you for creating that. Um, and uh, yeah, look out for that for when it comes out. Um, so, and what does the future hold then for you and your your two boys, um, your two little poodles? What, what's, what's going on for the future? Uh, so they're 11 and 12. They're slowing down a bit, but we do agility some on the weekends. And I just really enjoy the time with them and just seeing Quixote has arthritis. So he's learning how to slow down on the obstacles himself that he doesn't have to power through and then oh, pull nice. out of the course because he's in pain. It's very oh. interesting. We keep doing it because it does keep their joints healthy. Mm -hmm. um, so don't worry, I'm not pushing them through. No, no, um, it's important. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's it's fun to see them in a weird way get older and cuddlier. And we, you know, I can be there for them in a way that I haven't been able to before because I would have to get help with my dogs all the time because I was, you know, couldn't get off the couch. Um, and then for me, who knows? But I am taking up figure skating. Um, that'll be exciting. And then in uh, early next year, I plan on going on a ski trip, um, oh, wow. which is super fun. Um, I'm in Minnesota and we have snow here all the time. So I'm going to try all the snow sports, snowshoeing, cross country skiing, and then downhill skiing. Um, wow. Perhaps in California in early next year. Um, I had really bad vertigo from mast cell activation syndrome. And I remember the last time I tried to ski, I gave myself a black eye. So oh, how did you do that? <laughs> so hopefully, yeah, that's a, that's an accomplishment. <laughs> um, I went to, it was 
like 10 years ago, I went to Big Sky and somehow I fell in a way that gave myself a black eye. Um, But, you know, it's, it's, I just have to keep trying things and figure out what I enjoy. And, um, you know, I've, and, and not lock my joints in the process. Exactly. (laughs) Very important. Yeah. Oh, how exciting. So, oh, well, I look forward to hearing, you know, and seeing on your Instagram all your journeys and oh, long may it continue forever, you know, it's fantastic. (laughs) And um, as I said at the beginning, if you look back at um, our podcast last year in season one, um, it's a very different story, actually. And um, I think Kia looks very different to how she looks today. And I, you know, if you haven't watched it, go and have a little look and um, I bet you, you can see the difference between, you know, last year and this year. It is, it's a very, very fascinating story. So um, thank you so much for sharing everything with us. And so we mentioned um, your website, so hellsbellsandmarcells.com. So if people want to yep. connect with you, so we've got your website, you've got Instagram, anywhere else we can get hold of you. Um, that's pretty good. On my on my website, there's a sign up for emails. Sometimes I, in the middle of the night, have a funny story I send <laughs> out. Um, but and I, I'm there for the humor. So if if you if you like chronic illness jokes, definitely follow me on social media. So yeah, you know, and it's nice, you know, because it uh, you know I like it because you, it's good not to be serious all the time. Life can be very serious when you're living with. A chronic illness and um it's just nice to lighten it up a little bit and you know humor is good i like it it humor is medicine for sure yeah. laughter so. is medicine isn't it you know it's gonna boost yeah. your immunity for sure so reduce stress levels yeah. so it's all good it's all it's all going in the right direction so brilliant well thank you so that's how you can um get in touch with kia um and follow her on instagram because it's a great a great account. I love seeing her stories. They're always entertaining. And um, as she says, they're always humorous and, um, you know, fun and a little bit of poking fun at herself. She's not afraid to do that. So (laughs) it's all good. Highly recommend it. So thank you, everyone. Thank you to our guest. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this um, chat with Kia. Um, If you've got any questions or comments, please leave them in the box below and we will definitely reply. I always reply. Um, So and um, I know Kia does as well, actually, because you've done that last year. So don't, you know, pop it in the box and we will respond. Um, So thank you again. And until next time, keep moving.